Hello, everyone, and welcome to Sterling's Business Success and Coffee Podcast, kindly sponsored and supported by Sterling's group coaching programs and Fix This Next. This free online business assessment tool enables you to pinpoint your business's vital need. Keep listening for top business tips and advice to help you level up and scale up. Here's your host, Simon Meadows. Hi, everyone, and welcome to today's podcast episode in which I'm really pleased to introduce you to uh, Joanna or uh, Johanna as, as it's uh, spelt. And we'll talk a little bit about making sure that the, the listeners spell that correctly when they're looking for you. Welcome to today's podcast. Good to have you on. Thank you so much for having me. And tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. Give us a little bit of an introduction. Yes. Uh, all right. Um, you know what? I got to be honest. I always struggle around how, how do you cram like 20 plus years, right? Into a, a three minute co- co- cohesive uh, intro, but I think I've nailed it. I'll try my best. Um, yeah. A little a bit more, yeah. 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 A little bit more about myself. So I've been in learning and development for a little over 20 years and I have a focus specifically on leadership development. So how to equip individuals with the skills, but also the confidence to be able to lead others because it is quite a skill set. And I think a lot of people don't really understand or appreciate the challenges that come when you move into a formal leadership role. So that is something that I focus on, my business focuses on, but I didn't start there in my career. It was an interesting career trajectory or journey I went through. So, you know, you go back in time two decades, I was really wanting, I wanted to become a marriage family counselor. And I was working with at-risk youth primarily, teaching them things like anger management, life skills, personal safety, and anger management. So really focusing on how they could harness their emotions for positive outcomes to achieve and attain positive outcomes. We didn't call it emotional intelligence then, but ultimately that's what I was uh, teaching them. And I liked the family. The reason why I wanted to become a family marriage counselor is because I understood that if you only focus on an individual in the system, you know, the family's a system, it's a Mm. complex system that, you know, the person in the, if you don't focus on the system and you only focus on the individual in the system and the system doesn't change, it's very hard for that individual to be supported and applying the new skills that they've learned. And that's why I wanted to focus on the family as a system, but you know, Things didn't work out that way. I didn't end up becoming a marriage family counselor. Instead, I went to the corporate world, learning and development, organizational yeah. learning and development, and slowly made my way uh, into not just focusing on employee development and technical skill acquisition, but supervisory leadership development. And what I realized over time was we were just focusing on the leaders, like individuals who had been promoted into a supervisory role. We were just focusing mm-hmm. on them and trying to equip them with skills. We completely neglected the system that they worked within. And what I realized was just like the challenges that kids have, you know, if you don't focus on the system and the environment they live within, uh, supervisors really weren't applying the things that they were learning because the system they worked within didn't support them in applying the new skills that they learned. And so I went back to school. I did my PhD because I really want to understand how do we truly support individuals in becoming emotionally intelligent leaders. And my focus was it went beyond just the classroom and the training room. It looked at how to support learning through everyday work. So in some ways, my career went 360. You know, although I wasn't focusing on the development of children anymore, 
I still went back to what was important to me all along, understanding systems and equipping not only the individuals, but the system with the tools that they needed. Yeah. And it's interesting because, you know, as, as you're talking there, I, I know there's not much difference, you know, having been in business and lots of different businesses, I always say, you know, treat people, and I don't mean this in a demeaning way, but like a child, because I think there are certain core needs that every human being has, no matter what the age. You know, we all need to be loved. We all need to be significant. We all need variety. We all need certainty. And whether you're a child or whether, you know, you're a mature adult, those needs are the same, aren't they? So, you know, that dynamic you found is exactly the same need for the child or the adult. You know, there, right. there's no difference between between the two. And right. sometimes I think we overcomplicate things. That's why we say, you know, sort of sell to the child, I think uh, Robert Cialdini says in his book, because we have to do it in an understandable way that no matter where you are, you get it. And you don't have to overcomplicate it. You don't have to try and be cryptic. Just do it as though everybody can understand it. And I always say, if, if you can say something that an 11 or 12-year-old child will understand, then you've just about got it right for everybody else. <laughs> You know, actually, that's how we were learned. We learned how to write our academic papers, you know, write it so that like, you know, a child or your grandparents could understand it. Ultimately, Uh, yeah, yeah. always think about the user in mind and making it simple for them. I like the kiss principle, but I changed it. And it's not, you know, keep it simple and stupid. I I call it keep it simple and sensible. Oh, I like that. Yeah. 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 And I I agree. My my wife hates the word stupid. It's one of those words that you know, I don't know where it comes from, but if you use the word stupid, she gets really, really upset about it. And of course, Forrest Gump, one of my favorite films, says, you know, a stupid is a stupid does. Uh, so, yeah, I love that. Yeah. So keep yeah. it simple and sensible. Simple. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. So let's talk about what we're drinking. First of all, I know yeah. you've got your, your glass of water because you're at the beginning of your day and you've got to keep yourself hydrated. But tell us about the, the tea that you're drinking, and then we'll yes. talk about the the ca- catastrophe that you have within your cup at the moment. Okay, okay, excellent. So <laughs> I'm drinking, actually, it's a caramel rooibos tea, and I got it from this wonderful little tea shop in Victoria, British Columbia, called Murchie's Tea, and what a beautiful little store it is. They Obviously, they sell a lot of tea paraphernalia. It's a little cafe. And I bought a box of 50 caramel rooibos tea bags and I'm running out. And so I'm going to go online and see if I can order it. It's just, it's my favorite tea. So that's what I'm drinking. Yeah. But the, the one thing that I always dread when I have tea and I drink a lot of tea as well as coffee is the, the tea bag bursting. (laughs) I think there's nothing worse than having those tea leaves stuck between your teeth as you're drinking a cup of tea. And I remember going to, to my grands and my grandparents and they would strain tea using the old fashioned tea strainers, yeah. which generally was OK. But you always had those one. It's like eggshelling an omelette. You know, you don't want those just one or two pieces. They just spoil it. And of course, you've mentioned before we started recording, that's happened to you. You've burst your tea bag, haven't you, in the cup? I did. I don't know why. I, I took a, a spoon just to kind of push it down to the bottom so we get the air out of the tea bag and it actually burst the tea bag. And so I have a bunch of little rooibos, little tea leaves in my, my tea, but it's okay. I'm still drinking it. Yeah, good. 
good. Well, if we see you come up with tea leaves stuck all to the front of your teeth, nobody will know because this is audio only. So that's okay. Perfect. (laughs) And I did think about you at the weekend, actually, because uh, we went shopping to our local uh, large shopping mall, which we don't have many of in the UK. Mm. And there was a US uh, sort of booth in the middle of this uh, corridor area and they were selling hockey shirts. Oh, yeah. So I actually got a Calgary Flames hockey shirt. I was so pleased. So, (laughs) so pleased. And I know we were talking a little bit before. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Your your husband, they did have an Oilers shirt as well, but I I just, I didn't want to buy that. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say we're Oilers fans in this house. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've got got a proper, it's authentic. Apparently this company shipped them through. Uh, and uh, yeah, they were just trying to get rid of them. I mean, they were not cheap, I must admit, but such good quality. So I'm, I'm just pleased I can watch my hockey games now in the flame shirt again. So I'm, I'm really happy about that. So, <laughs> so what what's your what's your favourite drink? You know, if you're drinking a hot or a cold drink, what what's your favourite drink and why? You know, it's evolved and changed over the years. Um, mm. I used to when I was in my twenties, I loved uh, gin and bitter lemon. I love that. Yeah, it was that was my go-to. And then it went to red wine. But now that I'm getting closer to 50, I feel like it gives me a horrible headache Mm. the next day. So I'm weaning off of the red wine. And what I find that I'm I'm really acquiring a taste for is two things. One is um scotch, but really actually not scotch on its own, um, or I should say bourbon, actually, uh old fashions. I'm loving two drinks, old fashions. I just, I'm, I'm loving a lot. I love to start, you know, if we go out for dinner, yeah. like, you know, start with a cocktail with an old fashioned and, um, and then finish the meal with a nice cognac. Uh, oh. Doucet, I'm into that. My husband bought a nice bottle of Doucet. I think it's Jay-Z's brand, mm-hmm. but in any case, it's, it's, uh, yeah, that's, I'm loving that. <laughs> you see, I was with you on the scotch and, and one of my first podcasts, uh, we did at 11.30 on a Friday morning. Mm-hmm. And we did it drinking whiskey. And we oh, both nice. love, we both love malt whiskey. And we sat here drinking whiskey, malt whiskey. And yeah, it was a fun Friday afternoon, I'll tell you, after we had the podcast. But so I'm a I, I love my whiskey, I love my scotch, I love, I love bourbon as well. So I have converted to some good yeah, you know, John. I love what is it Woodford? John Woodford? Yes, we have that um, here in this household yeah. with you. Yeah, uh, I'm trying to get hold of some Hudson Baby, I think it's called. Or uh, oh, somebody maybe. said Hudson Bay, but it's not. I think it's Hudson Baby. Oh, but, I'll look uh, it up. So I'm trying to get that. Uh, but you can't get it here in the UK. But yeah, cognac just doesn't do it for me. Oh, okay. There's there's something about the difference in taste. I just feel, and I'm going to upset some listeners now. I'm probably going to upset you because of the way you drink it. But I just, I just feel like I'm drinking a, a bottle of perfume. Oh, the I whole aroma and the taste, and uh, just oh, just yeah. I could I could see that for sure. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, I'm glad you can. So I've not upset you by saying that. <laughs> not at all. So I'm with you with the scotch, but not the cognac. Okay. So the business that you you've got now, tell us a little bit about the business, and tell us a little bit about what you've been working on recently, and what's been evolving in that business. Yeah, and thank you for that question. Um, you know, I started my business in 2019, right at near the end of the year. And I was still working full time. I was a government employee and I have been working in a government context for over a decade, but I always had this dream of just going off and doing my own and having my own consulting business. Sure. I think it's one of the reasons why I went back to do my PhD, PhD as well. I wanted to have a feel more credible 
uh, and have that kind of educational force and power behind me, right? Mm -hmm. uh, to say I'm a true expert in my field. And, and then after I did my PhD and finished in 2018, I'm like, what am I waiting for? And so I, th I thought 2019 would be the year to do it. And then the pandemic hit. Yes. <laughs> in 2020. I know, right? But you know what? I mean, I thought it was horrible experience that first year. And it was a tough, tough first year, but I learned so much about what it meant to be an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. And and I think what I realized, it's funny because I somebody, a kid went up, there was on the news, a kid went up to Jay-Z and goes, can you, can you give me the secret to making it? And he looked at the kid and I think he repeated it like five times. He said, believe in yourself. And and when he said that, I'm like, it's this, like, remember what you said? Keep it simple, right? Yeah. If you can explain it to a child. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. There you go, right? And I thought it is right because the, the hardest thing for me over that first year of the pandemic was to continually believe in myself yeah. because I was putting things out there into the world, hope, hoping people would say, I like how she thinks. I like her focus on leadership development and how she's doing it differently. Because my focus is on the human psychology that I feel like we get promoted into a leadership role and we're like, yeah, I can wing it. I'm a great, I'm a great uh, engineer. I'm a great, yeah. whatever my technical expertise is in, I'm great. And that will naturally transfer to being a leader. And it doesn't, you actually have to train just like you would to become a lawyer, an engineer, a doctor, a tradesperson. You have to invest in your development before you take great. on this new role. And it's not just about balancing budgets and allocating resources, the, a big, big part of it, and this becomes even more true the higher up you go, is understanding human psychology. And what I realized when I looked at my competitors, they were all like CEOs or, you know, like they, they had been in, in the business world in sales and marketing and then started their own business and leadership development because they had been a leader and, mm -hmm. and wanted to train other people's, their techniques. But a lot of their techniques didn't Focus a little bit on human behavior, but mostly on the strategy, which is important, but yeah. negated the whole psychology of how people show up and perform and like, you know, the psychology behind how you get people to be motivated. And that was the focus of my business, you know, looking at the heart, how to motivate people through the heart, uh, purpose, uh, vision, um, what's important to you as an individual, emotional intelligence at the end of the day. But I didn't feel like people really got that. And so I'm putting stuff out there. No one I felt like was biting, if you will, right? I put the fish hook out into the ocean and I wasn't catching any fish. And so believing in myself was absolutely critical over the first year of that pandemic. But it also gave me a gift of time because I wasn't very busy. And so I really got to focus on what my business strategy was. What was my business model? How did I want to position myself in the market? How would I be truly different? And that gave me the time to figure that out and understand what I had to offer and how I was going to offer it. And I'm so glad because I've set myself up and now going into 2021, well, now finishing, I should say, 2021, going yeah, yeah. into 2022, all of the content that I've created over 2020 and the beginning of 2021 is really equipping me now to succeed because now people are getting it. People are coming yeah. to me and they're like, I like what you do and I like how you do it very differently. And so I'm now I'm in a position to launch, implement, and um, perform at the level I need to, to continually build my business. And that's such a great example of the importance of self-leadership and, you know, believing in yourself is that first step, isn't it? Of actually mm -hmm. being the leader of yourself. And I don't know 
what you think about this. But you know, I see so many people, uh, and I know we chatted before about this and you mentioned it just now, so many people who are really great at doing a job. And I've been at a client's this morning and they said, we've got this great guy. And the next step is to move him into management. Okay, so what are you going to do before you move him into management? Nothing. Why? He's really good at doing what he does. Um, but the that prequel of training them on how to be a good manager, how to be a good leader is so critical before you move that person in, isn't it? But the people actually want to move into that position, generally because it, it means more money, more responsibility. But there is this missing gap of actually believing in the leadership of themselves, isn't it? And self-leadership is so important. Is there anything that you would say to somebody who is being driven or pushed into leadership uh, and they're going along with it because they want it, right. but they feel a bit unsure and they have to get something right in themselves first. Is there anything that you feel that they, they can do for themselves? Because surely this company is, you know, they are going to do something about it because I've told them today they've got to, but you know, and they need to come to someone like you to do that. But yeah. the, to me, the, it's got to start with the person. So many of these people, happily accept these positions without actually looking at themselves first. Is there anything you could give to the listeners who might be on the edge of going for that kind of promotion or that position? Yeah, I, I love the question. Thank you for asking it. Number one, I would say, see it as something that you need to develop for, right? Train for. You have to invest in your professional development uh, and train to be able to do the job. Somebody was going to put you on a basketball team. Would you just hmm. wing it? go onto the court and be like, I'll figure this out as I go. Absolutely yeah. not. You would fail horribly. Yeah. So number one, you need to see the taking uh, on a leadership position in the exact same way. So start investing in your development. And that could be buying a book on leadership development, um, listening to podcasts on leadership development as well, yeah. reading articles, yeah. do that, get a mentor, you know, sure. so I would say before you even get the mentor. So number one, invest in your development. And these are some ways that you can do it. Yep. The second thing you need to start doing, you can do it concurrently is start to think about what your vision of an ideal leader is. What are their traits, their qualities or characteristics? What, are the, what do they value? Mm. How do they show up in life, personal, professional, every day? How do they overcome challenges? Visualize that. And then think about what your strengths are that align really nicely with that vision of an ideal leader and what are your gaps and then seek out a mentor or mentors individuals who you think align well with that and uh, make a connection with them and meet with them regularly because one of the things that we and see that's also professional development right professional development isn't only buying a course or you know sometimes it's just getting a mentor where you can meet with once a month to talk about the challenges you're experiencing, the successes, and reflecting and thinking through how you can do things better. Because when you look at, I say we need to lead through emotional, the emotional intelligence. If we can increase our level of emotional intelligence, we will do a really good job in being an amazing leader. But in order to increase your emotional intelligence, you have to increase your self-awareness first of what your strengths are, your gaps, and how you manage your emotions. Absolutely. The way you manage your emotions can either be directly linked to positive outcomes or negative outcomes. Yeah. Nobody likes to be around somebody who can't control their emotions or walks into work every day miserable and upset. And I'm sure you come across this. So many people 
become the leaders that they used to hate working underneath. Mm -hmm. I see it so many times. And it's always the emotional side of it Mm -hmm. that is the person that they become. They used to hate the person who used to be, you know, domineering, a dictator, never listened, lost their temper, you know, was emotionally disconnected from everyone in their team. And then they go along a path where they become exactly the same person. Mm-hmm. And at some point they go, what have I become? And they, they actually see the monster they become, but they, it's too late, isn't it? Right. So. And there's two ways to negate that. There's two mm. ways to support you on that journey. I call it the lighthouse and the anchor. And this goes into developing your self-awareness and it's good to have a mentor because periodically the mentor can hold you accountable to where you're at in your, with your lighthouse and your, and your anchor. So I'll explain the two concepts. Mm, So the, the lighthouse is your purpose, your vision, right? So organizations have a vision statement and you should have one as an individual in regards to why you want to lead other people. So you want to get that promotion. Think about why do you want to lead others? Not Oh, I'm going to get all these benefits. We're going to get extra pay because you know what? You don't get paid more to do the same thing. You actually, your role fundamentally changes. Uh, And so think about why do you want to lead other people? And if you're like, I don't want to lead anybody. Oh my God. I actually have to pay attention and support other people. Don't take the promotion. You're not suited for the role. You're it's hard being a leader. You have to make a lot of sacrifices. And so you better know what your purpose is. That's your lighthouse. So when the storm hits and it will hit and and the storm could look like somebody who's completely unmotivated, somebody who looks like is purposely tormenting you or a new project that you have and you feel like you're totally ill-equipped to do it, but somehow you have to motivate this whole team to do it. Like these are the storms that you will encounter as a leader. If you don't know what your purpose is, you'll, you'll get lost at sea. The lighthouse will guide you always back to shore. Yeah. Your anchor are your values and your values are how you show up and behave every day. I see, yeah. So if you value relationships, then you better start thinking about how you're going to demonstrate that you value relationships through your actions every day. Mm -hmm. So once again, when the storm hits, it's good to know what your purpose is and see that lighthouse. But sometimes to ride out the storm, you just need to make sure that you always have your anchor handy because sometimes you just need to hunker down. Right. And so if you feel like you're drifting at sea further away from your vision, from the lighthouse, just think about what your anchor is and reflect on, am I behaving in the ways that I need to behave to live my values? Am I, have I, I used to value relationships, but now I'm not making any time to talk to anybody on my team. I'm canceling all my one-on-ones, canceling all my team meetings because I'm overwhelmed and focused on this next promotion. I've seen that happen, right? All of a sudden the leader becomes totally inaccessible because they're so self-driven and they forgot about their team, but it's your team that's going to get you to that next promotion. So keep an eye on your anchor. And if you feel like you're drifting away from your anchor, think about what you're going to do to go back to your anchor. So that's why I like the mentor because you can once a month sit down and recalibrate. Yeah. And I love that comparison of lighthouse and anchor as well. And that's so, so important. And I've written that down. You know, why do you want to lead others? If, if I can think of some of the managers, some of the leaders that I've had in businesses that I worked in before I set up my own businesses, if they'd have asked themselves that question and answered it honestly, they wouldn't have been in the positions that they were in because they had no fun, no enjoyment, no purpose to lead other people. Mm-hmm. All they wanted to do was climb the salary ladder, get the benefits package, the better car. It was, it was a progression. Yeah. 
that was it. And sometimes it's good to stay as you are. And of course, it is good for those that want to have that. So, yeah, why do you want to lead others? I think that's a great question for every leader that's listening to this or potential leader that's listening to this podcast, ask themselves. Right. Uh, And we all have a story behind that, don't we? We all have a story of the reason behind that. You know, my story was something that came from my childhood of a teacher and the way my father was with me and how I wanted to make a difference to children, which I can't have. So actually being a leader is like me being a parent. You know, mm-hmm. because I've got no kids, being a leader and doing what I do is, you know, I get to have hundreds and hundreds of children every single year that I get to help by doing it that way. Mm-hmm. And they're all business owners. <laughs> I'm back to the children again. <laughs> Sorry, business owners, if any clients are listening to this, you're not all children, honestly. <laughs> so you've, you've gone through this uh, process and obviously you've got this content that you created in 2020 and, and rolling out in 2021. How is it for you now then? What kind of difference has that made? What, what would you say are the consequences and the, the benefits of doing what you've done? Thank you, yeah. Um, well, one of the things I wanted to offer that was different was being truly committed to my clients. I, when I, you know, working in, the, so the positions that I was in when I was working in government, I was a senior manager there. And so part of my role was to hire vendors uh, so they could offer services if we didn't have the internal capacity to offer that. Yeah. And what I found over and over again was not a lot of commitment from the vendor. And I actually started to see this because the organization I worked in had 30,000 people in different departments. Mm. And so I could hire one vendor to deliver a program and a colleague in a completely different department could hire the same vendor and, okay. and deliver ideally different services. But you know, we're, we were pretty well connected throughout the organization and I felt like I was. And I found out that some of these vendors were offering a customized solution to me. And then speaking to my, my colleagues realized that they were actually offering the exact same thing. And, mm-hmm. and, I, and, and they were selling it as if it was customized. And I get it. You know, uh, you have to scale up as a business owner. You can't always design something that's truly unique and always different. You got to have something that's mm-hmm. core that you can build on. Uh, and I get that. And I do that. But to say it's customized and it's basically copy, paste, copy, paste, mm-hmm. copy, paste. Once again, they weren't valuing the system. They just thought that they could take what they created and apply it across the board and it would be, you know, relevant. No, I'm in law enforcement. My organization was law enforcement based. Yeah. There was another organization that was focused on, focused on culture. We have very different cultures and workplace contexts, so you can't necessarily teach it the same way. So I was getting frustrated that I felt like I was being duped a little bit. And I was like, you know what? Mm-hmm. I feel like they just want to, I call it the parachute in and jet out as fast as they can. So it's about the billable hours, how much money they can make. Right. So, so I was like, I want to do something different. I want to be as invested in my client success as much as they are. And so what I started to offer was, yeah, customized solutions and really following through on what that is. And it's so funny because my clients aren't really prepared for that kind of consult consulting services. They're like, they come in and they're like, how much for the service? I'm like, whoa, 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 slow down there. I feel like we're on a first date and you already want to get to like second base. <laughs> it's like, can I get to know you a little bit, you know, Yeah, sure. Uh, before you come in hard for the kiss, you know, it's like, let me get to know you. Let me understand your business. What's the solution you're seeking? Sometimes people think training is a checkbox, right? I can just say I did it. We brought somebody in, they talked to 
us for an hour. They talked at us for an hour, check the box. Let's do something else. And I'm like, wait, do you really actually want to change people's performance? Mm-hmm. And they're like, yeah. You know, what value would that offer your business? If you could actually change the way somebody performs at work, you know, and they, they are able to articulate it. I'm like, well, then why don't we develop a program that can support you to do that versus me just coming in and like, you're more concerned about how much it costs than what the actual solution is. Can we flip? And I see your book there, flip the script. Can yes. we, on your bookcase, yeah, yeah. can we flip the script and approach this a bit differently? Because I actually want you guys to see, to succeed. And some people are not ready for that. I'm like, we're not interested. Thank you. But no, like, I'm like, okay, then you know what? You're not my ideal client. And so what I've discovered is I weed out my, uh, the clients that we wouldn't work well with. And the ones that are like, I like how you think, Joanna. We really form a true partnership. And I go in, I do a tour of the company. I like to do a little bit of job shadowing and then talk to the individuals, do a survey, do some interviews, figure out what their system is like, what's working, what's not working the system, and then work with them to develop a solution. And a lot of people think that's expensive and timely. No, it's not. I'm an expert in what I do and I know how to do it. I actually work, I would say 80% faster than most companies that have internal people to do this. Like... I companies I worked in the organization I worked in before would take us a year to develop the programs that I'm offering in three months. Like that's how fast I work. I'm very good at what I do. I've been doing it for 20 years. Right. But I don't have a lot of bureaucratic processes stopping me too. That's another thing. Right. So I understand the system. I get an appreciation for the people. I develop a relationship with them and trust because if I'm going to come in and facilitate a process to equip you with the skills you need to perform better, you have to trust me. So let's get to know one another. So I developed those relationships and then um, it's a multi-stage process. I don't go in and just teach an hour or two workshop and I leave. It's a blended approach. So to offer some flexibility, there's some self-paced online courses to equip them with the base knowledge and skills. We blend out with some, what I like to call team coaching and workshops, very interactive, where I use a process of humble inquiry. My, My process isn't only to just share info, but you have the knowledge, you have the skills to be an amazing leader. My job is to pull that out of you, build your confidence in that way. And yes, share content and knowledge with you that you may not possess, but ultimately just to reinforce what you already know. And then we also do one-on-one coaching because that gives that individual within that group learning context, the time to reflect for themselves, what's important too. And so it's a multi-month process. Sometimes it could take two, three months. Other times I've done it over the period of four or five months. And what I learned and what I started to see is that people's performance actually does change. And there's an accountability system built into this. They start to become accountable to themselves because they know every time we meet, they have to be able to demonstrate and speak to what they've done to apply what they've learned. Yeah. And I think, you know, as you've, as you've sort of finished that off there, what I sense, and I don't know listeners about uh, you, but I sense there's a difference between where you started describing some of the other people who do a, uh, sort of customized, meaning quote marks, air quotes, uh, yeah. process for people, which is really copy and paste. Yeah. There's a lack of accountability, as you say. They go in, they get a bit of hours that come out. So there's a lack of accountability on them to deliver the results. So you just mentioned the accountability for the people that you're working with to actually implement what you, they're learning and what they're going through. But actually, the thing I love about what you've said, Joanna, is the accountability you have to make an impact with the people that you're working with. And that's really important. I think for for all of us as as coaches and consultants, that really is the key 
to our success. You know, if we hold ourselves accountable to deliver results, then we get long-standing relationships. You know, we we get those people who come back time and time again. Every time they have a need, they think of us because they know we're accountable to help them. And I love the way that you've you've held yourself accountable to do that. So well done. Mm, Congratulations. So if you were to direct our listeners to uh, something that you can perhaps give them, uh, they can find out more about you, uh, if there's any resources you, you've got, where would our listeners go to find out more about you? And, uh, and let's make sure we get the name spelt correctly as well if people mm-hmm. are going to search for you. So but yeah, my name Joanna. So the, there is an H. It's silent, though. So it's mm-hmm. you think it's pronounced Johanna with two N's, but it's actually Joanna. And my last name is Pogonis. So P-A-G-O-N-I-S. It actually means peacock in Greek. Ah, didn't know, I didn't and, know it meant peacock. I know it was Greek, but I didn't know it meant peacock. Yes. Yeah. And my company name is Sinogap Solutions. It's my last name spelled backwards. Ah, okay. And, and there, That's too and cryptic the re- for me. <laughs> One of the reasons why I did that and talking with my husband realized it, you know, I try to go in and, and have people reimagine their workplaces, a place that mm. they see every day. What if you just looked at it a bit differently? What, what value could you get from that? And so reversing the letters in my name, going from Pagonis to Sinogap is kind of like the same thing. I see my name yeah. every day. What could I get out of it if I reverse it or look at it differently? Yeah. Yeah, and I got the name of my business. Yeah. So it's Sinogap Solutions. So even if you just Google me, Joanna Pagonis, up my, my, my uh, website will come up, Sinogap Solutions. You can also find me on LinkedIn. I encourage you to contact me there. But there is a program that I just launched completely on my own and on my own, meaning I'm not, I haven't designed this for a client. This is a self-initiative that that I'm putting forward. And it's a leadership development program for emerging women, emerging leaders. There's a huge gap in across, I think the world, we don't have a lot of professional development being offered to women who work in male dominated industries. There is a huge leadership gender gap. We, we are not we're having a hard time getting into those front level, entry level supervisory roles. Yeah. And, um, and then, you know, if we don't have a lot of the support, so the mentors accessible, it becomes harder for us to keep moving up. And if you're a woman of color, it's even harder for you. And so I wanted to design a program where all women and everything that makes them unique, right? Women is one aspect of who we are, but there's a lot of things that make us an individual beyond just our gender. And so I wanted to design a program that valued that and gave women a space to come together to create their own community because we don't have that community in a male dominated industry. So we could learn from one another, develop our confidence, understand what our purpose is to want to lead others, identify our values and develop some skills around how to be able to truly, truly motivate people in a way that embraces our female power. So we don't have to show up and pretend to be like a man in a male dominated industry. But if, and research shows that we tend to be better at creating diverse, inclusive, equitable workspaces. We're better when it comes to empathy and compassion. This is what research shows. doesn't have to, we don't, you know, men obviously have the capacity for this, but sometimes women, we feel like we need to stamp or stomp that out, I should say, and be more like a man. And I want to, create a a, a learning environment for women to embrace that, to talk about that. So it's called women up, ignite the leader in you. And it starts in January and registration closes January 4th. There's actually, if you, depending when this episode will be um, published, November 30th uh, is I have a early bird 
discount up until November 30th. So uh, well, we'll make very... we'll make sure it goes out before November the 30th. Well, thank you. <laughs> and you can if you go to my website and you go to the tab that says courses, you'll see yeah. women up there and then you can go to the course page and you'll you'll find the discount code there. If you have any questions about the program, let me know. Um, I'm in Edmonton, so it is mountain time hours that when the courses yeah. will be offered, but it's blended. It's 11 week program and it's very flexible because we're another thing that research has shown is we're beginning more burnt out too. So I wanted to make sure that this program would enhance your life and not overwhelm you. So check it out and let me know if you have any questions. So let's just be absolutely clear. And where do people go to find the details of this? So just Google Sinogap Solutions. You can do SinogapSolutions.com. Okay. Yeah. It'll bring you to the main page of the website. And I have an online academy on my website and the tab is courses. You click on that and you'll, you'll it'll bring you to where all the court online courses are and you'll see the course called women up. But if you follow me on social media too, like LinkedIn yeah. and just look at what I've posted, you'll see so much stuff there that I've posted on women up too. Fantastic. Thank you for asking that. And, and it is, it, you're right. It is such a gap. Um, and it's such a, um, a much needed gap to fill as well because you know they the skills and you say they're right at the beginning you know people being leaders from the heart you know and i can think of you know all the the women and the men in in history have been heart leaders and they are the ones that we remember they're the ones that have the legacy and the legends that stay forever uh, and they they lead by either what they do. They lead by the fact that people just follow them because you know to be a leader you've got to have somebody to follow you. Um, but it's it's such an important thing to encourage that that heart leadership as well. So uh, yeah yeah I'm going to check that out. Is it is it only open to women though? This is the question. It is this oh. you have. To, I would say like you could be transgender. You have to identify as a woman. I would say. Okay. And and the reason why I'm doing it is because I know some men have been like, oh, it's exclusive. But I'm like, you know what? We're being excluded from the upper echelons of leadership. Like, I yeah. mean, you look at government. Only 25 percent of women occupy senior leadership positions in government in the tech industry. It's so much worse. Uh, I've seen law enforcement organizations just in my province alone where they haven't promoted a woman in. In over two decades, like I'm well, like construction, no. construction, and my background is construction. That's one of the well, worst in the UK, right? And so we need to just create a, a a place for women to go, so we can just explore why that is and what we can do to support each other to change the odds for ourselves. We do need yeah. male allies, and we're going to yeah. talk about that. But um, we're not at that place yet, where I feel like we don't need to have a seg- I hate the word segregated, but unique learning environments for specific individuals who are experiencing challenges in life because we don't live in a society that truly embraces diversity, equity, inclusion yet. So, Well, I, I look forward to seeing what version two of this will look like and, uh, yes. and, and seeing how that, will, uh, how that will work out. So thank you for sharing all, all that with us. I always like to give some listeners something to take away from these podcasts and to be accountable. We've used that word a few times today to go out and do something with what they've learned. So if you could give the listeners one leadership tip or one lesson in leadership, and you've already given us two or three already, as as many of our guests do already in the podcast that they have, but if you could give us one to take away that we could do something with, what would that be, Joanna? I'd say focus on developing relationships. It It's well worth the time. Okay. And if people trust you, they will follow you. 
They will know that you care about them. So when you ask them to do something, they'll trust you and they'll want to follow through and demonstrate to you that they're capable. But that means you have to get out of your your office or whatever your office looks like, whatever industry you work in, you have to emerge from that space and you have to find time in your schedule and you actually have to build this in to get out there and get to know the men and women that report to you. You can't cut corners with that. You really can't. And you got to balance it. Yes. With the other duties, but trust me, if they trust you because you've made an effort to get to know them, they will do your job for you. Your job as a leader will become easier and also becomes easier to hold people accountable when there's that care and compassion. It's easier for me to have a hard conversation with somebody. Nobody likes them, but easier to have it if I've developed a relationship with you, because you know, I'm coming from a place of care and compassion. So if there's only one thing you remember out of this whole podcast is make the time to get to know the people on a personal level, on a personal level. Yeah. And I think that's really important because very often people come to work for the, for the money and for the, for the position that they have, but they stay at your business. They stay in that organization because of the personal side of what it delivers to them. If, if you break those personal things, if they don't get those out of the job that they have, then they go and they'll go somewhere for either just a little bit more money or sometimes even less money because they haven't achieved their personal aims and objectives. So, and I think the other thing I would, I would add to that, and that's a great tip that you've got there listeners is if you're a, a manager and you're a leader in business or you're the business owner, don't be too guarded. Let them get to know you as well. Because I think a lot of us, we like to think we're getting to know the people that work for us and with us. But sometimes we're a little bit guarded in allowing them to get to know us. It's got to be a two-way. If I can add one little thing to that. Mm. One of my clients, uh, I support them in, with, their, with 360s. We always do 360s. It helps develop yeah. awareness. And some of the feedback my client got from subordinates, peers, and senior leaders, executives, was you're too guarded. Yeah. Let us get to know you. It's too common. That was, that was one thing that said, what can I do better? That's yeah. what he was. So that's what they gave him as feedback. So there you go. Yeah, yeah. And, and I've been guilty of that in, in many of my businesses as well. So it is hard, but we need to make sure we do it. Final question then, uh, Joanna. If, okay. if you were to have your next tea, in a dream location. Oh, where would it be? Okay. Where would it be? And it can be, or, or who would it be with um, yeah. as well? So it can be with a person. It doesn't have to be a location. It could be a dream as well. Well, I'm going to try not to get too emotional, but uh, it would, I haven't, so I'm not originally from Alberta. I'm originally from Montreal, Quebec. Yeah. And my immediate family lives there. I have a lot of family in Greece too, but I haven't seen my immediate family since uh, April, May, 2019. Really? And I booked my flights to go back in April, 2022. So it's going to be three years. I haven't seen wow. them. My parents, my sister, my, my friends, my, my lifelong friends. I've had friends. I'm 47. I, one of my best friends, we were in diapers together, pre-K playing <laughs> together. Right. I've yeah. known her literally 45 years, I guess, you know, no, I can't remember when I, my first yeah. encounter with her, but my lifelong friends, my family, I had a wonderful FaceTime with my dad yesterday for an hour and uh, I miss them so much that yeah. if I could be transported right now with my tea, I would say, but I want to go home like, like Dorothy, yeah. right. There's yeah. no, I'm going to click my heels three times and there's no place like, Oh, home. perfect. Perfect. And that's, yeah. And 
it's amazing as these podcasts have gone on how many people have actually said that you know and one guy mm-hmm. said i just want to have a cup of tea with my mom i just want to go and sit on the garden and this was in lockdown here in the uk he said i live two miles away and i can't go and see her and i just want to go and sit on the garden and just sit and just look at the sun feel the warmth and sit with my mom and you know i think as we're listening to this and this is going to go we're going to make sure it goes live before 30th of november we'll do everything we can to do make that happen and for many certainly across europe we're actually going back into lockdown so a lot of european countries are going back into lockdowns and uh, it's still a challenge for many many people so i love that you know it's goosebumps hearing you say that that uh, and i really hope that those flights take place and uh, yeah I'm, I'm hoping to go skiing in april i'm desperate to go skiing i was supposed to go skiing on the day that boris johnson our prime minister locked us down in 2019 so uh, i'm hoping to go skiing next year as well so uh, i'll have mine at the top of the mountain because unfortunately i've not been to canada for such a long time but i'll have it in a european mountain and uh, you can have yours in in montreal your tea in montreal that'd be great so thank you very much for giving your time it's always valued it's been very precious You've given us some great tips. I've got two post-it notes of headlines and things to take from. And listeners, I think you know the lighthouse and the example of the of the anchor and the lighthouse was particularly important for me. But I think for me, listeners, if you're going anywhere with leadership, answer that question that Joanna asked at the beginning. Why do you want to lead others? And if you can't answer that truthfully, honestly, and, and it's the right answer, then, you know, perhaps reconsider your position. And if they, if they, if they, if they trust you, they'll follow you. And I absolutely um, echo that. Build the relationships, make sure it's both way. And I think you have taken a lot of value from today's podcast. So thank you very much for being with us today. Thank you so much for your time and inviting me to be on. It was a really wonderful experience. Great way to start a Friday morning. Yes, yes, yeah. And I don't hold anything against your husband and his uh, hockey <laughs> team. And uh, I, I, I was know. quite I was quite pleased to see that um, there were some of the results of the recent uh, games that have been played out there between the Oilers and the Flames as well. So uh, we won't yeah. mention the scores, but there you go. Okay. <laughs> uh, so listeners, as you know, this is always about doing something with what you've learned. Now, go out there, do us the honour of listening to what we've said and be a better leader, be a better leader of yourself, be a better leader of other people and take the time to either receive the leadership training to be that better leader or to actually allow your team to have it before you make them a leader. Don't create bad employees. Don't create bad team members by putting them in a position of leadership without that help, that support and that leadership that Joanna has given us such an insight to today and do something with what you've learned. That's all we can ask. If it makes a difference, if you take something from it and you have an impact in your business, please let us know. We'd love to know what difference this has made. And of course, leave a review of the podcast as well. That's be absolutely great. And I look forward to having you on the next podcast. Bye for now. Thank you for listening. Don't forget, if you'd like any help and support with your business, do get in touch with Simon. And to discover what your business needs you to fix next, visit www.sterlingcoaching.fixthisnext.com. Please do subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. And Simon would love you to rate and review the show too. Thank you. Thank you.